When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've got to understand, the up and down, that's the roller coaster. That's just the ride. I understand there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs, but if I'm wearing my seatbelt, Jerry, meaning if I have a plan, that I'm working with a professional, and I know my long-term goals, everything's going to be okay. Hello, and welcome to Rich is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast for your wallet. I'm Jerry Willis with the Fox Business Network. I've got a great guest today. You're going to love this. Chris Hogan is the author of Retire Inspired. He's a financial expert, and he's part of Dave Ramsey's Solution. You know that group of folks. I'm sure you know them well. And he's here to talk a little bit about retirement. Welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you here. Well, thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. I just invited you because I love to hear your voice. (laughs) Truth be told. All right. So I want to talk about retirement because it's top of mind today. And so many people worried about, do I have enough money? Am I doing the right thing? How do I save? How much do I save? Let's start with something you've said before, which is don't count on Social Security. What do you mean? Well, a lot of people, Jerry, thought that the government was just going to save the day. Um, sitting down as a financial coach, working with them, kneecap to kneecap, I call it, where I'm digging into the numbers and seeing where they are. And if there was a shortfall, people would say, well, you know, I've got Social Security coming in. And I would just look at them and they would look at me and I'm like, okay, you do know Social Security is on shaky ground. I mean, and it's not going to provide you enough. For example, the average payout's around uh, 16000 a year. Which that's, equ- that's not a lot of money. No, it equates to around $1,333 a month. And so telling people this, they were literally looking at me shocked. And so I realized America needed a wake-up call. we got to begin to look at this totally different. The government's not going to save the day. We have to pave the way for ourselves. You know, the elderly are set to outnumber children by 2035 in this country. New report out. Uh, I mean, relying on the government increasingly looks dicey for sure. It really does. I mean, especially when you think about all the legislation out there where people are kicking it around, making changes, making tweaks. And then you start to realize your financial future could be in the hands of some some political individuals making some bad decisions. You know what I'm really worried about is that they're going to remove the tax benefits for retirement savings or they're going to reduce them so much that people think, why am I even bothering? And that's alarming, Jerry, because the days of pensions are gone. The days of companies providing for you in the future so you can sail off into the sunset, those are over. And so they attempted to do that a little bit with retirement accounts, and there was an upheaval, right? Everyone was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? And so now they're starting to look at this, and people are taking it more serious. I think people are a little bit more plugged in, but I still got more work to do. All right. This is a yes or no segment, although I will ask for details. Okay. Financial advisor or no? Financial advisor, yes. When? Whenever, wherever you are, I think it's really important for us to utilize professionals. For example, if you had a tooth issue, you wouldn't do it yourself. You're going to go see a dentist. Same thing with your car. Your financial future is more important than your tooth or your car, so you need to talk to a pro. Hi, Chris, come on. These guys, they charge an arm and a leg. Okay. Like All of my money that I'm trying to save goes into their pocket, not mine. Okay, now this is two areas we have to talk about. Number one, it needs to be a reasonable fee. You need to know how they're paid. What's reasonable? I, I would say 1% or less. I mean, total. Uh, Now, the other side of it is you need to find somebody that has the heart of a teacher. 
What I'm saying is, is don't find somebody that's just a salesperson. You got to find somebody that hears what you want to accomplish. They have their credentials and the background and the experience to help you. So that's an important thing when you say credentials and somebody's a teacher. What am I looking for? A broker? Am I looking for a CFA, certified financial advisor? What do, what am I, what do I want? Well, I definitely want to look for somebody that is licensed, licensed with a reputable company. Now, the brokers can change. There are all kinds of companies out there. I'm about the individual. That person I'm working with, this is the person that's going to be working with myself and my family. Do they know my goals? Do they understand? Have they helped other people like Do me? Do I have goals? That's one problem you oh. find is that people don't even know really what they want. I hear stories all the time about people who are on the cusp of retirement and dad thinks they're going to move one place and mom thinks they're going to do something else entirely. I've got an answer for that. Sit down, have a dream meeting together. Really start to talk about what do you want the future to look like? Where do you want to live? What are you doing? You see, money fights, Jerry, are the number one cause for divorce in North America. I know it. I know it. Not, I mean, that sounds like I'm divulging something here, but I, I think everybody knows that yes. money is a tough topic it is. for all couples at all times. It doesn't even really matter. You think, oh, it's it's tough if you don't have a lot of money. It doesn't matter if you have a little or a lot. People are going to fight about money. How did you, you diffuse those arguments. I think the biggest thing is to come together and let's gain alignment on what it is we're trying to accomplish. What I mean by that is it's not about you and it's not about them. It's about we. I tell people, speak French, baby. Speak French. It's about the family. (laughs) What do we want for our kids or our grandkids? What do we ultimately want to do? Those things get you aligned and helps you talk about what you're in agreement about, not what you're in disagreement about. Okay. Back to yes or no. All right. Yes, ma'am. Well, this isn't really yes or no. 401k or Roth? Pick one. Oh, Yes. I like both. <laughs> 401ks are fantastic because all that is is a company's way to allow for employees to save for retirement. That's a pre-tax way to save. Roth is after tax. Like I get tingly whenever I say Roth, right? Because that money is growing tax-free. That means the government can't touch it anymore. I've already paid taxes on that money. So I would encourage people to do up to the match in your 401k, then move over and do the rest in the Roth IRA. So, you know, a lot of people out there, they're looking at the market right now. And I know you're used to, what were you, were All-American at Georgetown? Is that right as a kid? I can Mm -hmm. just totally see this, seeing you sitting across from me here. Uh, You must have been, you must have had a great time. But what's the game face you put on for investing today? People see the market volatility. I'm not going to play. I don't want to get involved. Those people in New York, those Wall Street types, they're trying to steal all my money. What do you tell them? I tell them that the stock market is a lot like the supermarket. There are things you can buy in a supermarket that are good for you. There are things you can buy in there that aren't so good for you. I mean, think about that. It's true. And so the stock market's the same way. There are things you can buy that are good for your financial future. There are things you can buy that are risky. So you've got to understand the up and down, that's the roller coaster. That's just the ride. And when you understand the ride, what happens is you don't have to participate emotionally and get all wound up. I understand there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. But if I'm wearing my seatbelt, Jerry, meaning if I have a plan that I'm working with a professional and I know my long-term goals, everything's going to be okay. It's all about trust, really, you know, getting the right financial advisor and figuring out how you're going to do it. And a lot of people, because of the meltdown, the financial crisis, just haven't had that Um, And rebuilding that, I think, is essential. You know, I think a lot of people out there, they miss this huge stock market bonanza that went on for the last, what, almost 18 months now. That's exactly right. And, you know, that's a tragedy. It is. There's a lot of money that's not in the game. And I mean that. It's on the sidelines. People are parking money in CDs. 
or as I call them, certificates of depression, right? Because it's not going <laughs> to it's not going to outpace of inflation, and that's what I want your listeners to understand. You, as you grow your money, you have to grow it because the cost of living is going to rise. Inflation. So if your money is staying stagnant and not growing, you actually end up losing. So you need to be investing. You need to be aware. Now I do want to caution people: investing in single stocks is like going to Vegas. You have to be very, very careful there. So I advise people, look at growth stock mutual funds. Really start to begin to look and understand how they work and how they can reduce some risk. i got to tell you, you sound like you're going contrary to a lot of the traditional financial advisor advice that I hear, which is that it's all about changing the mix of investment over time. And as you get closer to retirement, you back further and further away from the market. And because of the low returns of bonds, CDs, money markets, you know, people in those age categories ahead of, you know, 65, 70, people who are 50, 55 coming up on retirement are undersaved at this point. And because they took their financial advisor's advice. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. It's very important to diversify, which means I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And it's absolutely important that I'm growing my money. If I'm not having growth, then I'm having a problem. So looking at this and being aware, I know I always want my money to grow. I don't ever want to park it or have it not working for me. I'm a money farmer, Jerry. I grow money. I want it growing all the time because I have things to do and dreams to live. You can be a farmer of money, a money farmer, as you say, but you have to plant the seeds and the seeds, that's your investment. You have to set aside, you have to get it going. And I think for a lot of people, it's that starting point that's Mm -hmm. so hard. And those first few years, it just seems like it takes forever. For example, in your your 401k slash IRA to get to a hundred thousand, right? Like that seems like an eternity. It really does. And then I had this awareness as right before I was working on my book, I started looking, I realized the 401k is not a place that's just taking some of my money and sitting there. I'm literally trying to replace my paycheck with the 401k. And I had this epiphany and looking at it totally different. And I realized, oh, this is for me. This 401k is going to be, it's going to help me live my dreams. So I started to look at it like an ally, not necessarily as this thing just taking money. That's right. Like a, a big suck. Yes. The problem is so many people are borrowing from those 401ks. And, and I get this all, I get this question all the time in house here from people who are like, we're trying to buy the house. We want to borrow from the 401k. And I understand the impulse to buy a house. And I actually still like housing, mm-hmm. even as an investment right now, right. long term. But borrowing from your 401k, there's just no way to make up that ground. Listen, I've made that mistake. I pulled money out many, many years ago. I ran the numbers and I looked at the 20000 that I pulled out, what it would be now, how I'd left it in there. Scary. Upsetting, Jerry. Do you have those numbers? I pulled my hair out, yes. I mean, I'd be close to around 175000 right now. That just makes my heart hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want people to hear you as you say that. Don't touch that 401k money. Get a second job. Do whatever you need to for that home down payment. Please don't take that money out because what happens is, is you stop the growth you also get a penalty from the government because you're pulling it out before 59 and I a half. And with a 401k loan, if you lose or leave that job, that thing is due and payable within 60 to 90 days. Ouch. So it's setting up too many traps for you. Leave it alone. Because then you'll have to take out a loan and then you'll have to pay off the loan. Jerry, you see the cycle? Ugly. And many people are falling into that cycle and they don't know how to stop it. So I would tell them, just get on a budget, get intentional, and learn to wait. You and I were talking before. We've got to be grown up enough to know the difference between a want and a need. And don't get that confused. You say that like that's an easy thing. 
But but our minds play tricks on yes. us about money. Yes. And I'm as guilty as anybody else. You know, I see those fabulous Manalo Blahniks out there and I think, oh, wouldn't that be great? It'd be great for TV. Yeah, it's yes. for my job. Yes, I need it. I need it for TV. That would be a perfect thing. Yes. Mm, mm. Not really. That's right. But see, what you just did there, you acknowledged it. You would acknowledge that it would be nice and that it's something you like. Now, the next step in that is let's start to save up and pay cash for it. When you pay cash, it doesn't come with regrets. It, it, it comes Let with fulfillment. Let me tell you, I've done that with a couple of very big ticket items, and there is nothing more gratifying. So that when you do that, the beauty of that, and I don't think you have to, my personal view is you don't have to do it for everything. I took out the mortgage. I'm happy mm-hmm. to have a mortgage. But for some big ticket items, it's once you do that, there you never feel badly about that purchase again. Right. If you make a good purchase, that's right. The right purchase, then, you know, you just feel like, ah, Mm -hmm. I don't feel guilty about this. But if you use a credit card, now you get that monthly reminder. And now you've got and bought the Manalo Blonics. You got to pay those off. And you're paying interest. And so I want people to understand interest. uh, You want it as a reward. You want it growing in your investments. You don't want the interest penalty of credit card debt and personal loans. I'd love with you to walk through and I didn't set you up for this and I apologize. Just like three big warnings for uh, people in their money right now. You mentioned one when you came through the door. You said that car loans are being extended for seven to nine years. Hello, people. It's not worth that. Explain why that's a problem, and let's find a couple of others that are new to the market, maybe something that's going on right now that companies are trying to get people into that might not be worth the money. Sure. Well, car loans, as you look at it, the average new car loan is hovering around $520 a month. If you start to run the numbers on that, you understand there's an opportunity cost. If my money's tied up in making that payment, that means it's not going to invest for me. And so looking at that, that $500 over a five-year car loan could end up costing you around $125,000 in 15 years. Wait, back up. How do you get to that number? Okay. If I'm paying $500 a month for five years, right, and if I, instead of paying it, I invested it, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at the difference. And and when we run those numbers, Jerry, it helps us to see. Now, so car loans are definitely one of those. I tell people, pay your car off. Uh, if you want another car, save up cash, pay cash for it. But don't pay that payment because it comes attached with interest. Another thing that's out there these days, um, I would say homes. Being careful that you don't overbuy. Oh, this is so hard right now, it though. Is. You know, like you're, you're saying things that may be impossible for people because – Prices on homes have gone up so high so fast. So what do you do? Well, I think you have to take a deep breath. Uh, You want to go into it with a game plan, knowing what you can afford to buy on the front end. And then don't look at anything outside of your your range. But here's the beauty of it. If you've bought a home and it's too much for you, take a look at selling it. Uh, There's no reason to stay in there and stay, you know, so stripped down financially you can't breathe. One of the problems, though, right now is the government's changed the rules around tax advantages on mortgages, home ownership. It's like they're making it less attractive, and a lot of people feel locked into that mortgage because if they get a new mortgage, they won't have the same benefits. Well, and that, that you're absolutely right, and I think we have to be careful. Uh, we, we tend to try to make things sophisticated when they shouldn't be. Like, you don't want to buy a home for the tax advantage. Uh, you're buying a home as a place to live with your family. Now, I also want people to know renting is not a bad thing. It's not a terrible thing to do. Well, I'm not a big fan, and let me tell you why. Because one of the advantages I believe in homeownership, this is an asset you get to control. You are building equity in that loan every single payment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't build equity with a darn landlord, right? So yeah. over time, what you have is this building asset. Yes. You can borrow against it. It makes you more liquid. It makes you able to... 
afford things that might come as a surprise, right? So I believe that if you're going to take a third of my income every month for something, I better be able to, it better benefit me financially. No, and what I meant by renting is not a bad thing is some people need to slow down and rent as they save up to buy the right way. I don't want young people out there just thinking, hey, I've got my first job, I need to buy a home. No, you don't. First, you need to get some stability and you need to save up a down payment. And so, but I agree with you, home ownership, that's the American dream, right? Buy low, sell high. Well, exactly. And it's really more difficult now because of the price of houses. So in that marketplace, what do young people do? They save longer. They have to downscale their expectations of what it is they're going to buy when they do buy, right? I mean, the beauty of what's going on in the marketplace, on the other side, what what renovators are doing and, and what Home Depot offers, for goodness sakes, you can take what looks like sort of a dowdy little house and really make it beautiful. You really can. and you. But you said something there. Have needs and have understand your expectations. And also look out there. Sometimes driving a little bit further out, you can get a better deal. And so be aware. So I would go back to, again, have a conversation with a professional. Find a real estate agent that knows that area and knows what's going on and start to talk about it. But start to save up that down payment so you can put some money down. I love it when people plan ahead and they try to think about what makes sense and do the groundwork. You know, Mm -hmm. this is all legwork. Once you get that legwork, then you start feeling like, I understand this. You feel more confident. That means you're more willing to negotiate, right? Once once you feel like, I know this market, I feel pretty good about this, right? Then then it it totally changes your point of view when you sit down at the table to say, I'm I'm not paying that. My, My husband's favorite line that he uses uh, when he's talking to somebody, you know, maybe he's got a fee on his credit card that he doesn't like. He'll say, that's not acceptable. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. And people respond to that. It's hilarious. That's not acceptable. Well, and you know what he does at the end of it? Mine is that's not good enough. That's so, and not then good I, enough. And I just pause. And wait for them to say something. See, you've been to the same negotiating school I have. People are uncomfortable with that. But I want to empower your listeners to know, listen, things are negotiable. You just got to be willing to talk about it, state what you're doing, but also be willing to walk away. And I learned that lesson early on, that don't get so emotionally involved that you can't remain connected to your business decision. I so love that. I mean, it's so empowering. Mm-hmm. Puts you in charge. And the reality here right now, in particular, in so many lines of business, these companies need your business. You know, we've got an economy now where, you know, there aren't enough workers. You know, companies are looking for profits. They're looking for, co- you know, uh, consumers. So they're really – I have to get you back to retirement, though, because that's what I brought you in here to talk about. <laughs> this is so much fun, and one of my favorite topics is real estate. But let's talk for just a second about how much to save for retirement and how what's the right number for me. Like, this is a big question for people, and I don't blame them. There's lots of metrics out there about how much you save for retirement and how to calculate it. What's the right one? Well, I think the big thing is, is just having some awareness of what do you want your life to look like in retirement? You know, we got to be aware of that. We, we have the power of choice. And so looking at it, I'd have people ask me that all the time. And so I got with my web developers. We developed a free tool. It's called the RIQ. The Retire Inspired. Yeah, the RIQ, Retire Inspired Quotient. Uh, you can go to chrishogan360.com and plug in and look at it. It's a free tool. But here's what it does, Jerry. You, you start off putting in how much per month you want to live on and how many years you plan to retire and how much you currently have saved. What it does is the algorithm will show you your big number of how much you're going to need to have put away to live on that dollar amount per month. But I love it that it takes it a step further. If you're behind, it shows you how much you need to be investing right now to get to your number. 
I love that. Does it take into consideration couples? It, you can plug in, yes, the, the numbers together. Uh, you can change the rate of return and all the withdrawal rate and all that also at the bottom. So it's really a tool to get people aware, to start looking at it. Because if we don't know what we're chasing, then we have no idea where we stand. Am I close to my goal? Am I way behind? Uh, I call it the oh yeah if we're on track or the oh my if I'm behind or the oh crap if I'm way behind, <laughs> right? Those are the three responses. I think for so many people, and I just want to end on some optimism and hope because it is a big challenge. Yes. I realize that. I realize people out there, you're making the choice between paying the kids college tuition and your own retirement. The, the pressures are intense. But if you can step back, look at your life and your world and your money from like over your head, way up in the clouds, and think of it as, you know, we're going to work through this. What's my next game play? How are we and stop being, you know, emotional about it. This is something that I think you can get through. Well, I think so, too. And we put so much pressure on ourselves. I mean, think about this. You've got kids you're trying to launch. You may have parents that are aging. Yes. And it's the sandwich generation. And we're trying to do 19 things at once. And I think it's unfair. For example, 50, almost 53% of kids graduate from, from college. But there's a 100% chance you're going to have to retire. And I think what we have to do is just... That is a great stat. Did you hear that? 53% of kids graduate from college. So the chances that your little Johnny is going to make it through, not not so great. But you're going to retire. At some point. And because you want to or because you enabled yourself to or because you have to. And so I think it's unfair for us to try to do nine things at once. Uh, So I want to encourage people out there to take a deep breath. Really look at kind of where you are. Your kid can go to school by working. Uh, taking classes at night, uh, working part-time, going to school. There are ways. And this is fair. It is fair. There's no law out there that says as a parent you have to write that check or raid your 401k or pull equity from your home to send Johnny or Johnette to college. college. I did too. And so I want to give parents that permission. Let's start to investigate other options. And now, for yourself financially, I, I want to encourage your listeners as well. Regardless of where you stand right now, you can make today count for you by getting on a budget, understanding your debt load, and starting to talk to an investment professional. Sometimes just running the number of your RIQ could help you be aware so you can start a game plan. I love that. So RIQ, we're going to put that on the website, RIQ Quotient. We'll, yes. we'll provide a link yes. to listeners so they can find Fantastic. that. That's awesome. Chris, I could talk to you all day, my friend. I but, you know, we're, I think we're going to have to like, wrap have to stop? this up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Yes. Thanks so much. Next time you're in town, stop by. Okay. Will do. All right. Take care. Thank you. Chris Hogan, author of the best-selling book, Retire Inspired, and a member of the Ramsey Solutions team, is passionate about inspiring people to achieve their best retirement. Here are the takeaways. Number one, first things first, you can't count on Social Security. According to Hogan, government's not going to save the day. We have to pave the way. In other words, start thinking about how you can be more self-sufficient in retirement just in case our elected officials in Washington decide to change Social Security funding or taxes related to retirement savings. Number two, if the idea of making investment choices on your own sends a chill up your spine, no problem. Just as you wouldn't operate on yourself, so you should think about hiring a pro to manage your retirement money, he says. As a general rule of thumb, he suggests that investment fees should be less than 1%. And number three, wondering what your target should be, how much to save. Hogan suggests checking out his retirement calculator at his website, chrishogan360.com. Looking for some fresh inspiration to getting to your retirement goals? Chris Hogan's got your back. 
Follow me on Twitter at Jerry Willis FBN and on Facebook where my handle is Jerry Willis. Bottom line, I want to hear from you. What money issues do you want to explore? Tell me and we'll get it on the podcast. Have a great day and remember, rich is not a four-letter word. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.